Welcome to Married by Design. Who have you been impacting? Whose lives have you made a difference in? And what does that have to do with overcoming depression? That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to our podcast this week and the series that we're going through right now that we've entitled Spiritual Depression. We've been looking at the Bible and the truths that we can find within the pages that help us to manage spiritual depression. We recognize that people may suffer from depression for a number of reasons, many of them being physiological. What we wanted to address is the spiritual depression, those aspects of our emotional, mental, and spiritual lives that can affect the way that we feel and can send us into a depression. We have suggested some books along the way as resources to help you learn more about this issue. One book by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones is entitled Spiritual Depression, Its Causes and Cure. This is a series of sermons that the doctor did in the 20th century that address the issue of depression. The other book is one written by Dr. Robert Somerville entitled If I'm a Christian, Why Am I Depressed? This is a very practical book on dealing with depression and has testimonies of individuals who have struggled with various types of depression and what they have learned about that. In this series, we have been using those books as resources as well as studying 1 Kings chapter 19. If you've been following this series, you are no doubt more familiar with Elijah and the struggles that he went through with depression in the chapter. We've been pulling out biblical principles from the chapter and applying them to our lives. It is so important, if you are married to somebody who struggles with depression, to have some ideas of how to help them. Or maybe as a couple, you know someone struggling with depression that you can help. The first and most important way to help them is by praying for them and being there to support them. But there are also some very specific things that you can do to help them manage that depression. And that's exactly what the Lord did for Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. So this week we're going to jump back into 1 Kings 19 and look at one last principle in the chapter. We have encouraged you and will encourage you again to read the chapter yourself so that you are familiar with it. Last week on our podcast, we looked at the importance of turning our eyes away from ourselves and the way that we feel and our struggles as a means of combating depression. One of the problems common in depression is that we can become so self-focused and overanalyze our feelings and our situation. We suggested to you last week that the Lord was drawing Elijah away from himself and what he experienced and was turning his eyes back to others and the ministry that God was calling him to. This week we're going to be looking at the directions the Lord gave Elijah as far as what he was to focus on. If he's going to take his eyes off of himself and the dangers from Jezebel, he needs to decide where he's going to put his focus. And the same thing is true with us. The Lord asks us as believers to die to self, but that's not the end of it. Not only do we put away our own interests and our own desires, but God calls us to focus on his interests and his purposes. And so we see in this chapter that the Lord gives Elijah some very specific things to focus on as part of his work in the kingdom of God. We hope that as you read through these areas, that you again will find ways to apply it in your life or encourage somebody who is struggling with depression to apply these principles to their lives. 
Well, the first thing that the Lord calls Elijah to focus on is being a support to the leadership around him. It says in verse 15, And when you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel to be king over Syria, and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Maholah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. The Lord called Elijah to action, to appoint leadership, to appoint kings over Israel and Syria, and to appoint Elisha as a prophet in his place. We've pointed out before that God still intended to use Elijah in many ways, as you can read in the subsequent chapters. We would encourage you to read through those chapters to see the ministry that Elijah had after his struggle with depression, but the first action was appointing and supporting leadership. This is such a practical suggestion for the direction of our lives as we work toward moving out of depression. Not only do we have to grapple with the issues of our thought life and our physical care, but we also have to begin to move in the direction of being used by God in the ways He's calling us to be used. And one of those ways is to support the leadership of those around us. So often we can take on the attitude that life is really about ourselves and and what we're going through. But it's very healthy for us to recognize that God has placed spiritual leadership over us to help us to have direction. Part of what God wants to do as we seek to shift our focus is to work under that leadership that He has provided for us. For Elijah, it was recognizing the new king over Syria and king over Israel. Who are those that God has assigned as your spiritual leaders? How can you recognize that leadership and work with that leadership to promote the kingdom of God? For every Christian, there is a pastor, or should be, or pastors that God has appointed as spiritual leaders over you. They are the ones that have the responsibility of shepherding your soul. They are the ones that are trying to lead you as well as the congregation to fulfill God's purposes. So the application is, are you under that leadership? Are you part of a local church in which the pastor knows of you and can shepherd your soul? You need to be in a church where you can support the leadership and ministry of your local pastor. This is one of the ways that we can get involved in caring for others and being in an other-centered ministry. That's right. Recognizing the leadership that God gives us in a local church. We have to make the choice to come under that leadership and seek to support the purposes of the local church. That means going to the pastor and asking him about the needs of the local church and how you can get involved. This can open up a wonderful door of opportunities for you to be other-centered and to care for the needs of others. Well, you need to look at the gifts that God has given you and the way that He has equipped you to help others. Your pastor can be part of that process of evaluating that and helping you to get pointed in the right direction as far as ministry to others. What an incredible blessing it would be to your pastor if you went to him asking about the needs of your local church or community. Having a heart not only to encourage your pastor, but to look for doors of ministry can be a great way to be encouraged and to move your attention off of yourself. Well, let's look at the second group of people that the Lord talks to Elijah about. In verse 18, the Lord said to Elijah, Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. The Lord reminds Elijah of the faithful in the land. Elijah had been so discouraged that he thought he was all alone. He said that in verse 10 and also in verse 14. 
But he wasn't alone. There were 7,000 in Israel that were faithful to the Lord. There were 7,000 who had not compromised in their faith. This is a second opportunity that Elijah had that was an encouragement to him. He needed to recognize those around him that were faithful in following the Lord. Have you ever thought about those around you that are seeking after the Lord and trying to grow in their faith? There are people around you that need encouragement and support and reminders in their faith. What a great source of joy it is to meet with people who are faithful to the Lord and seeking Him. I know that whenever I meet with people who have a real heart for the Lord, how much they encourage me. Their fervor energizes me, but I also have a chance to encourage them and to build them up. We all need people around us that can be iron sharpening iron in this way. It's interesting how many times Paul talks about encouraging one another in the New Testament. If you do a study on all those phrases of encouraging one another, building one another up, serving one another, you'll see that there is more than just a few exhortations. This is why God puts us in a local fellowship, to look for those people around us that are faithful to the Lord. We should go to church every Sunday looking for people to encourage and support. With that mission on our heart, we can't help but be encouraged. There's one more person that the Lord directs Elijah's attention to, and that is Elisha. In verse 19 it says, He departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the twelfth. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. The Lord had told Elijah in verse 16 to anoint Elisha as a prophet in his place. I love this part of the passage. Here is Elijah taking on mentorship and discipleship of a younger man. He threw his cloak on him, which is an indication that Elijah wanted Elisha to follow him and take up his ministry. Elisha had to count the cost of discipleship, and he sacrificed the oxen and gave them to the people. Then it says at the end of verse 21, Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. This is so exciting. Part of Elijah moving on and focusing on others was devoting a significant part of his time to mentorship. He had to invest his heart and life into this young man to prepare him for the ministry that God was calling him to. Jesus talks about the same thing in the Great Commission about making disciples. Moses invested in the young man Joshua, and Jesus invested in 12 disciples. Paul invested in Timothy. You do see throughout the Bible the concept of a mature person investing in someone who is younger and in need of growth and shaping. This is what Paul talked about in 2 Timothy 2. 2. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Getting involved in mentorship and discipleship, using a portion of your time and energy to invest in someone else, to encourage and sharpen and train them. I think there's no greater joy in life. Maybe seeing someone come to Christ is a greater joy, but to take somebody who's young in the faith and to help them to grow and mature and become all that God wants them to be, that's exciting. Boy, you talk about being lifted out of depression. Through the years, I've had the chance to invest in some younger woman. It has been a great joy to me and exciting to see the things that God has done in their lives. You have a front row seat on seeing the changes that God does, and you will be amazed at the way that He can use you. Those relationships have been a great encouragement to me and have reinforced the importance of not focusing on myself 
and what I'm going through, but giving my attention to somebody younger that needs encouragement. I totally agree. At this point in my life, I am so excited about the younger men that I'm meeting with. Even when I find myself discouraged or struggling in some area to take the time to pray and meet with them, I find it's a great encouragement and joy. To think back on the people that I've been able to mentor in the past, it gives me a perspective and reminds me of the ways that God can use this earthen vessel. Thinking about those mentorship relationships itself can lift me out of the doldrums. If you struggle with depression, those are some things that we would encourage you to focus on. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to look at one of these areas and act. Contact your pastor and see how you can get involved in the ministry of the local church. Look for faithful people who need encouragement and connect yourself with more of them. Or look for somebody younger in the faith that you can invest in and be a mentor to. Any of those things can be a great source of joy and lift you out of spiritual depression. Well, it's time for prayer. Father, I just pray for each person that is listening to this podcast this week that you would encourage them in their faith if they're struggling with depression. God, that you would help them to see the principles in 1 Kings 19 in your word. Lord, and especially for this week, to see the opportunities that there are to reach out, to encourage others, to minister, to be other-focused, and that as a result of that, that you would give them a joy in the ways that you will use them. And I ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with us this week, and thanks for being a part of our series on spiritual depression. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com if you have questions or comments. And we'd also ask you to get the word out about this podcast. You can click right now on the share button and send it to someone or everyone that needs encouragement. Well, next week on our podcast, we're going to begin a new series entitled The Best is Yet to Be. It's an encouragement as we look at the second part of our life and the things that God would want us to do and how we can get into it if we're in that part of our life or prepare for that if you're younger. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design. Mm -hmm.